Healthy skepticism is the basis of all accurate observation. Arthur Conan Doyle Now entering the Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium. Please stand by for quantum phase inversion. Ah, welcome back, listener. It's good to see you again. I'm sure by now you're getting used to me saying this. Everyone is down and down in the conference room. Please join me down there. We've attempt- attempted to launch surveillance balloons into the atmosphere in hopes of possibly triangulating the next signal. No guarantees that it will, that it will work, but we can bring you up to speed on that once we get down to the conference room. Again, as usual, please head on down. Please head on down. Head on down to the hub. Step into the side, the side, the side, the side, the side, and I'll meet you down there. Hey, the listener. Heading down to the conference room, are you? Tell you what. Why don't you come with me? I'm on my way down to the infirmary. I was going to check on Bud and see how he's doing. Besides, we haven't gotten any recent transmissions from Director Bulks, or anyone for that matter, from the Uncharted Realms. So it's just a bunch of back and forth about whether or not it's a good idea to use surveillance balloons. All too much attention to our project here, I think. What do you mean they shot it down? I mean, look, they scrambled jet fighters. They shot it down with a missile. I told you high altitude balloons were a bad idea. Everyone would see them. How was I supposed to know it was going to draw so much attention? I mean, seriously, who hates balloons? I know Dan Cummins does. How are we going to couple this up? Hold on. What was the email to Hunter's laptop again? Hillary at... So I suppose you probably remember that scientist who got himself turned inside out. Old friend of mine, Dr. Albert Wilder. When they started to deploy the quantum phase inverters to pull objects here into the pole, he was one of the lead scientists on the team. Somehow, though it's unclear, while trying to pull an object in from Ecuador into the research lab, somehow or another, Bert got caught into the phase inversion. And let me tell you, when you see somebody's liver and kidneys on the outside, it's not an image you soon forget. Honestly, it kind of looked like an upside-down smile. But really, you probably don't need to hear all that. Good thing is, we were able to turn him right side out again. Yeah, his noodle's a little scrambled, but he's getting better. Ah, here we are. Let's head on in. You don't need to worry about a face mask here. The environment is perfectly controlled. Just cover your mouth when you cough. It's a simple courtesy, really. See, when you come through the gate system and you're inverted to the phase of the Poe, you actually go through scrubbers. They remove any viruses that could potentially adversely affect anything we have going on down here in the Poe. Unfortunately, when we send you back out, everything is put right back. Maybe one of these days, we can make the scrub permanent. Come on down to the post sick. We've healed of COVID, cancer, tinnitus. We're working on it. Ah, uh, Mr. Buckland. Here to see Mr. Wilder? Ah, uh, yeah. How's he doing today? It was tapioca pudding today. He liked it, but the nurse serving it did get a little bit ill. She said it reminded her of the ear problem Mr. Wilder was having. But he did enjoy it. You can see by the look in his eyes. You can go on down. I'll buzz you in. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Hey, Bert. How you doing? Oh, you're looking better. Your color's back. You ain't that gray, pale green no more. Stuff stopped coming out of your ears. You'll be out of here in no time. Harry. Harry. What is it, bud? The Poe. There's something wrong with the Poe. What's wrong with the Poe, bud? I'm in a wookie I'm in Nela. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not following you. The apple. The apple is bad. Don't. Don't pick the apple. What's wrong with apples? Sure, they're bigger now because of selective cultivation, but they don't seem too bad. You can make pies with them, ciders, juice, applesauce, as long as they ain't sprayed with Allah. Oh, I'm sorry, listener. I can see you're a little confused. Never heard of Allah? You could either be too young and or not from Washington. 
You see, back in the 80s, there was this chemical called ally that was used on apple crops to extend longevity of apples. But in 1989, extremist environmental health groups published an unfounded rumor making a study based on poor science public with extreme embellishments. Don't you think you're inflating those numbers a little bit? Look, I'm going with my gut on this. I feel these numbers are correct for getting the results we want. They'll for sure be called out when you take it to peer review. Has to go to peer review first. Now the main focus was on a chemical called ally. Unfortunately, despite wide scientific consensus that ally residue on apples has never caused disease or death in humans, diehard self-appointed environmentalist groups ran with claims that ally was the single greatest threat to humans to date. Ally was developed in the 1960s as a means of slowing the growth of plants. Its active ingredient was daminazide, a man-made hormone-like chemical. Now, I'm no biochemist. That's more disease department. But he's tied up trying to figure out how to use, let's say, quote-unquote, out-of-town technology? But you're Don't you know anything about this? That's kind of racist, but I get it. I'm the only off-worlder that you've ever met that you know of. That I know of? Look, I was a linguist who is now a biologist. Just because I'm from a place doesn't mean I know everything about that place. Do you? Tell me, what's the firing order of a Chevy 350 four-bolt main? What? One, eight, four, three, six, five, seven. I- I'm sorry, what? Exactly my point. Just because you're human, and more specifically from the North American continent, you, by your reasoning, should know at least the firing order of an American engine manufactured in America. Just because I'm from a place doesn't mean I know everything about that place. Now, let me get back to my earwigs. Apple One. Apple One. Right, but right. I'm, I'm digressing. Anyway, Alan's utility lay largely in its conductiveness to the maturation of red apples and cherries. Basically, it slowed the overall life cycle of apples. This kept them from falling off the tree too soon, but moreover, kept them from rotting for a much longer time than nature unmanipulated would allow. This gave the apples the ability to be shipped from Washington State to all corners of the continent and beyond, and still have an actual viable shelf life. Harvest in Washington is generally mid-September through November, depending on how the weather treats them. But prior to the growth retard, those apples most likely would rot by the time they reach, say, Florida. Now again, I'm no biochemist, but maybe we shouldn't be shipping Washington apples to Florida. But not for me to say here nor there. Just saying that's the way it was. Allah, it went through two years of carcinogenic testing on rats before the FDA approved its commercial use in 1968. But in the 70s, a doctor named Bella Toth, Epley Institute for Research in Cancer, not to be mistaken for Thoth, the Egyptian god of magic, found that several times the maximum tolerable dosage for males, or the point of overdose, a breakdown of this product can cause tumors in blood vessels, kidneys, livers, lungs, of mice, and that at several times the maximum total dosage, Allah itself had been responsible for high tumor incidents in mice. Mice, mind you. <laughs> I'll show Cindy Kessler she should have gone to prom with me when my organization gets all famous and shit. Hey, Frank, you ain't looking so good over there. How you doing, man? Well, Bob, I gotta tell you, I got this crazy asshole shooting me up with enough chemicals to kill a blue whale seven times a day. How you think I'm doing? However, in 1978, the National Cancer Institute, NCI, published the results of a carcinogen bioassay concluded breakdown of residue of ally, deminozoid, specifically, was a weak carcinogen at best. The carcinogen measurement was so trivial that the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, could not use the NCI's findings as quantitative data to any actual risk. 
Allah's manufacturer, Uni Royal Chemical Company, Incorporated, sponsored several other carcinogy bioassays of demonozoid, which were conducted according to EPA guidelines. Still, no carcinogy was found. <laughs> Wait, what? That's fucking bullshit. Of course it wasn't found. Look who funded the research. Now, extremist groups would argue, of course nothing was found. Studies were sponsored by Uni Royal. But this is another half-thought-out thought. In capitalism, you make your profit if your customers don't die. But you go down that rabbit hole on this line of thinking, you find conspiracy theories where they're linking G5 technology and contrails. Exactly why would you want to kill your customer base? If there really is a global cabal of elitists, why would they kill off their workforce? I'll tell you who's responsible for those California fires. The global elite and their army of Antifa. That's who. And let me tell you something else. It's not just a bunch of assholes running around with books and matches starting fires. Oh, no. They're aided by the elites in their secret base underneath the Denver airport, otherwise known as Rothschild Command. That's right, folks. I'm talking Jewish space lasers, folks. Muscle tub, motherfucker. Now, let's go eat some Christian babies. But we can dive into that another time. Scientists on an EPA science advisory panel in 1985 found that the TOS studies were faulty. Nevertheless, under pressure from the National Resource Defense Council, the NRDC, an extremist environmental group, the EPA asked Uni Royal Chemical to conduct a consinergy test on UDMH alone, without the demonozoid. To comply with the agency's instructions, researchers gave UDMH to mice in the amounts of four to eight times tolerable dosage, which was roughly around 133,000 to 266,000 times the highest estimate for a preschooler's daily intake of UDMH. This is analogous to drinking daily for life. 19,000 quarts of juice made from allotreated apples. 11 of the 52 mice that had been given UDMH the daily dosage of eight times the male maximum tolerable dosage develop cancerous and non-cancerous tumors. Ugh, I ain't feeling so good, Bob. 80% of the males died prematurely, but not from cancer, but rather from the amounts of UDMH that had rendered the chemical toxic. The EPA acknowledged that the use of such large quantities of UDMH made the study questionable at best. Yet on February 1st, 1989, the agency ordered the phase-out of outlaw use that would be concluded on July 31st, 1990. But now into the media. On the 26th of February, 1989, a TV show known as 60 Minutes. You know how they came up with the 60 seconds and 60 minutes? Yeah, yeah, the Sumerians and the finger counting thing. May I continue? Oh yeah, sure. You're doing pretty good. Thank you. Your confidence is overwhelming. And where was I? Oh yeah, 60 Minutes aired a broadcast with a fantastic OTS graphic. OTS? Over the shoulder. In TV, you pan the camera left or right to the anchor to display a video graphic. Now please, stop interrupting. Well, you got all these acronyms, man. It's hard to keep up. Well, I didn't see you on the lineup today. What are you even doing here? Yeah, that's the thing, man. I was scheduled, but didn't have anything to do. So I thought I'd come down here and check on Bert. Great. Okay, if you're going to stay, please sit down and shut up. Oh, yeah, okay. Thank you. In early 1989, the NRDC, National Resource Defense Council, for you, Ward, launched its Children's Environmental Health Initiative. David Fenton of Fenton Communications, a public relations firm hired by NRDC, worked out a deal with producers of 60 Mix, exclusively to break the findings of the 1989 NRDC report. Assembled by a pair of activists, 
who don't have any actual doctoral credentials. But moreover, the findings were never submitted for peer review. This wasn't science. It was an editorial opinion piece, presented as science. The title was Intolerable Risk, Pesticides in Our Children's Food. This collaboration spawned the 60-minute segment, A is for Apple. You see, John? I told you. I told you it would work. You're right, John. You're right. A is for Apple was symbolized by an image of an apple superimposed with a skull and crossbones in the OTS, or over-the-shoulder graphic. It began with Ed Bradley's assertion about the menozoid, which he mistermed as a pesticide. The most potent cancer-causing agent in our food supply is a substance sprayed on apples to keep them on the trees longer and make them look better. No one challenges the assertion on the program. The segment even included footage of a pediatric cancer ward. That's right. You go to any cancer ward in any children's hospital in this country. Advised, Representative Gary Skikorsky. You see these bald, wasting away kids. Now that's an image that everybody is not going to be able to look away from. In the days that followed the broadcast, the claims of the NRDC report were widely parroted throughout the media. Said Phil Donahue on his daytime talk show. Don't look now, but we're poisoning our kids. I wouldn't lie to you. Hysteria ensued. At a parent's request, state troopers chased down a school bus and confiscated a student's apple. School administrators had apples and similar apple products summarily destroyed. Overnight, the market for apples was wiped out, just like that. The NRDC, however, prospered. Fenton, its media consultant, stated in an interview for Propaganda Review, the PR campaign was designed so that revenue would flow back to the NRDC from the public. The group sold a book about the pesticide through a 900 number on the Donahue Show. Fenton's strategy succeeded to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, for our younger listeners, 900 numbers were a phone number you could call and get charged per minute for a phone conversation. For hot, sexy confessions, dial 1-900-BAD-GIRL. This one time, at band camp... Living got you down. Tired of the smell of flesh bags in your house? Call me now. That's the last four most bioexorcists. Together we'll figure out how to send those meat sacks to sand dirt. Hate sandworms, right? I hate them myself, kids. Just imagine how much they'll like. Call me at 1-900-SHOWTIME. S-H-O-W-T-I-M. Get 1-900-SHOWTIME. Um, it says showtime. Well, yeah, but but it's showtime. But yeah, it, it says showtime. Like Tim the Dumb. Uh, come on, you're messing this up. Well, I mean, you could have gone with, you know, S-H-O-W-T-Y-M, or you could have gone S-H-O-T-I-M-E. I mean, either of those would have probably worked. Yeah, well, those were already taken. Speak to a real-life alien from the Zeta Reticuli system. Find out the truth behind the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Yeah, I never stuck a probe right up those... 1-900, save me! Jesus saves if you spend $4.99 for the first minute and $1.99 each additional minute. Listen to scripture that will bring you closer to the holy house of our Lord. Leviticus 24.16 Whoever utters the name of the Lord must be put to death. The whole community must stone him, whether he an alien or native. If he utters the name, he must be put to death. Deuteronomy 28.53 Then because of the dire straits to which you will be reduced when your enemy besieges you, you will eat of your own children, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord hath given you. Wait, really? Kings 2.23
and he went up from Bethel. And he was going up the road, and youths came from the city, and mocked him, and said to him, Go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them, and pronounced a curse on them, in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out from the woods, and mauled the forty-two of the youths. Wait a minute. Okay, now, you just said, like, 99 cents ago, not to utter the Lord's name. But yet, this guy did, and he sent a couple of bears to all these kids what what's going on here now in response to unfavorable print reportage of fenton's manipulations and public criticism from food scientists toxicologists and acsh american council on science and health the producers of 60 minutes decided to have an ally revisit in a new broadcast the sequel aired almost three months after on may 14 1989 and included comments from distinguished experts who had criticized afa apple but adding insult to injury ed bradley pointed out pointedly framed their comments as those of the chemical industry representatives that month the EPA, acting assistant administrator on pesticides and toxic substances, sent a letter to Uniroyal, vice president, in which he stated, We disagree strongly with the recent reports appearing on television and in the newspapers and magazines concerning the analysis developed by the NRDC, which create the impression that there is a massive and eminent public health problem as a result of pesticide residues in food and particularly from alloy residues in apples and apple products. This simply is untrue. We believe that the NRDC report presents misleading picture of the risks of the pesticides in our diets. The next month, under pressure from apple growers who were losing money regardless of whether they used alloy or not, Uniroyal Chemical Company ceased marketing alloy for use on foods. At the time, incidentally, alloy was only being used on about 15% of the apple trees in the U.S. anyway. But when the dust settled, apple orchard proprietors had lost $250 million. Apple product manufacturers lost about $125 million. And the U.S. taxpayer, via the U.S. Department of Agriculture, they lost $15 million. So a total of $390 million. That's almost $941 million in today's money. Now many health authorities have publicly blasted the widespread alloy warnings of 1989 as false alarms. The British government concluded that there was no risk to health from alloy or UDMH. The chair of the advisory group the British Parliament had appointed stated that its judgment differed from that of the APA because We tend to be a bit more cautious about science. We don't always make assumptions that animal data is actually transferable to man. In an editorial in November 1st, 1981, issue of the widely respected Journal of Science stated, Confronted with the inadequacies of the data, a spokesman from the NRDC recently suggested that the panic over outlaw was excusable because people were eating more apples than ever before. That's like an embezzler justifying embezzlement by saying the banking industry continues to survive. In February 1992, the American Medical Association issued a statement that read in part, the Alar scare of three years ago shows what can happen when science is taken out of context or the risks of the product are blown out of proportion. When used in an approved, regulated fashion, as it was, Allard does not pose a risk to public health. At a February 1992 ACSH press conference, Dr. C. Everett Coop, MD, a very impressive individual we really should cover one day, he stated, As a pediatric surgeon, as well as the nation's former surgeon general, I care deeply about the health of our children. And if LR ever posed a health hazard, I would have said so then, and would say so now. But the truth is, LR never did pose a health hazard. At the same conference, environmental health expert 
A. Allen Mogacy, Ph.D., then of the University of Maryland, stated, The Allard controversy is a classic case of poor science applied to a sociological decision, resulting in a poor final decision. Also at the conference, Dr. Richard Adamson, the director of the NCI's Division of Cancer Etymology, stated, The risk of eating apples treated with ally is less than the risk of eating peanut butter sandwich or a well-done hamburger. More recently, Adamson described the cancer risk of eating ally-treated apples as non-existent. I could go on and on about who came out against the report, but you get the idea. Here's the problem. Public opinion had been swayed more by popularity. None of these scientists were household names, but the NRDC, they hadn't aced up their sleeve. Meryl Streep. Yeah, the actress. One who has no scientific credentials whatsoever, but she was a face that everyone knew, and a successful movie actress. An actress. Now, this person, she got up in front of Capitol Hill and stated that apples sprayed with Allah were the single greatest threat to people, but moreover, our kids. We're killing our babies! Yeah, that was the hook. You throw kids into the argument, people will listen. Fenton knew this. She had three daughters, so that was the icing on the cake to get her on board. You use emotion to force a narrative. If you throw children into the mix, no one's going to question you immediately. Well, of course it's got to be true. I don't want to be the only parent at the PTA meeting who gives one of our little darling angels cancer. I'm going to trust this lady who has three daughters and a ton of movies that I've seen. Of course I trust her. I feel like she's a household product. And here's the thing. If kids were really so important to these people, why are pediatricians the lowest paid doctors in this country? Why isn't education better funded? The second someone starts throwing the general welfare of children in your face, you'll definitely want to take a step back and look at the information for yourself. But that really is the major problem with the media. If it bleeds, it leads. Tonight on Cuck News, you'll be outraged at something you actually have no control over, but we're going to spoon feed you what to think so you can feel like you know more than the actual experts while sitting on the toilet. I'm your host, Lance Wapato. But before we get to our story, a few dozen advertisements. All right, now look, this isn't my first rodeo, and let me tell you something. I wouldn't be here if I thought a reverse mortgage took advantage of America's elderly seniors. Or worse, some way to take your home. It's just a loan designed for older homeowners. It's helped over a million Americans reverse a mortgage. 1-900-SAVE-ME. Jesus saves if you spend $4.99 for the first minute and $1.99 each additional minute. Listen to scripture that will bring you closer to the holy house of our Lord. Ezekiel 23, 19-20 Yet she increased her prostitution. Remembering the days of her youth when she engaged in prostitution in the land of Egypt, she lusted after their genitals, as large as those of donkeys, and their seminal omission was as strong as that of stallions. Leviticus 20 and if a man shall lie with a woman, having her sickness, and shall uncover her nakedness, he hath discovered her fountain, and she hath uncovered the fountain with her blood, and both of them shall be cut from among their people. Okay, that seems a little harsh, but all right. Do you have life insurance that you want to cash in now so you can enjoy life and say fuck you to the ones you leave behind after you die hand gliding? You don't need facts when you have emotion. Bad jobs. Bad jobs. That's right, but A lot of people out there were doing really bad jobs. But I would like to recommend Dan Cummins' TED Talk titled Truth in the Age of Spin. He really breaks down the pitfalls of today's media. I know what you're thinking. Isn't he that comedian guy who has that one podcast? Yeah, that guy. But his TED Talk isn't about finger pointing or cracking jokes. 
It's an honest and thought out presentation on the importance of looking at where the information is coming from. Why the media wants to push these scary stories. It's about selling a paper and airtime. But check it out for yourself. Don't take my word for it. It's only about 17 minutes long. And that's not long at all to get some very important knowledge. Anyway, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time, listener. Let's get you out of here and back to your real life. See ya, bud. Wait, bye-bye. Bye. All right, listener. Thank you for coming by. Really do appreciate you listening to this whole weirdness that we got going on in here. So, until the next episode, make sure you check out ScatCast. That's the script keep us out of your theater. Remember when you spell it out, spell it with a K, because if you spell it with a C, you're going to end up with something kind of weird. Right. Y'all take care now. Love you. See you next time. Now exiting the Phantasmagoric Oddities Emporium. Have a nice day. Cecil and I down here. And why did we have to use the gate system? What is that? It's an Apple One. I know what it is. What's it doing in here? Paul would lose his shit if he saw that in here. I need the primitive interface to interact with the Poe. It's our only chance of being able to locate the boys. You've gone too far this time, Lilith. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Pete on this one. The last time you brought up bringing an Apple One into this place to try to find Hank, Paul went ape shit. I know. But trust me, it's the only way that we can actually find them. Find them or him, Glyleth. Last time that you brought this up to Paul, he said absolutely not. No Apple products in the Poe, period. Well, he's not here right now, is he? It's our only chance, Pete. Besides, this is an Apple One. It was built by Wozniak. Had nothing to do with Jobs. Jobs was instrumental on creating this thing. Trust me on this, please. I can't. Is that why you had us come through the gate? Because you know that if that thing had gone through the phase inverters, it would have detected that it was an apple, and it would have kicked it right out. Yeah, well, again, I gotta agree with Pete on this one. Last time you went against orders, Hank wouldn't even speak to you. He still wasn't speaking to you before he got lost. You think he's gonna condone this? It doesn't matter. We have to get them back. Lilith, this is a bad idea. Peter, I have to get him back. They can chew me out all they want. Fine, but this is on you. Alright, hand me those cables. Let's hook this up. This is a bad idea. Alright, we have power. Data is coming in. I think it's working. Something's happening. 